As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. We're coming off of a very difficult loss against the Cincinnati Bengals in, in a game that a lot of people thought is our do-or-die for the playoffs. And Well, now we're going into the biggest rivalry of the Denver Broncos, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, David here, as my my co-host, already has bets on how many times I say Oakland Raiders on this podcast. And um, I'm not going to tell you how many times I go over because uh, uh-huh. I feel like – what's the over-under, David, on Tom Four and a half, Oakland? Jared. We're, we're at four and a half. Four and a half. That's what yes. we're at. Okay. Well, hey, David, how you doing, man? Uh, give me your quick quick rundown after that loss to Cincinnati, which was – a, a roller coaster of emotions, I feel like, for a lot of people. Well, but it's, you know, it's what we've been talking about all season for the Broncos. Can't get out of their own way. Can't play consistently when it counts. Uh, you know, you lose Teddy Bridgewater to a, a really severe concussion. Uh, glad it's not worse watching him recover, hopefully, um, successfully over the next few weeks. But until he's able to come back, it's Drew Locke's show. Um, you know, you got the full Drew Locke experience when he was in there. Uh, against the uh, against uh, drawing a blank on who we played last week. Now the Bengals. Uh, I see. You see. It's it does. This is one of the areas where it doesn't pay to be dead inside. All the games that you lose kind of blur together. Uh, anyway, you, you kind of got you know the turnover worthy plays. You got the touchdown, the long touchdown pass to Tim Patrick. So it's going to be really interesting to see what what they can bring against this really bad Raiders pass defense. Um, it's it, it it's just you know what what are we going to see anything improved from the Broncos as they go down these these last three games of the season? That's that's really what I take away from that that Cincinnati game because it's you know we're fourteen games in and it's just the same old Broncos. Yeah, that Cincinnati game was definitely a, a hit to the heart. Obviously, losing your starting quarterback, bringing another one again. He made some he made some throws that Teddy can't, but he also made some throws that Teddy won't. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense for a yeah, lot of people, definitely makes um, sense, and and that's difficult for us. Uh, you, like you said, you saw the whole Drew Lock experience in him, and I'm hoping with Drew Lock being the starter, getting the reps with the number ones, which is a lot of the you know the Drew Lock, um, the people who've been calling for Drew Lock to be the starter the entire season have been have been calling for right. He's uh, talking about a quarterback before we go to the break and 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 do this. Talk about a quarterback who's just gotten so many chances to be the guy in this NFL uh, specifically for the Broncos and it's just kind of squandered it all away that's a that's a lot that we're going to talk about here on this episode um, so stay tuned there's a lot to talk about in this episode there's COVID lists there's the Drew Locke uh, experience there's uh, the 4% playoff implications there's the fact that we're playing our biggest rival and 
at home or sorry at at Las Vegas the first time in Allegiant Field. There's a lot of big things uh, happening here, so sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. All right, Orange Weekly and Bronco Country. Uh, as you all know, we are here. We are sponsored by the Pigskin Podcast Network, uh, your go-to for all of your football-related podcasts. No matter who you're you're betting for, who you're rooting for, there's a podcast out there by the Pigskin Podcast Network that will give you the best coverage ever. And the Pigskin Podcast Network is sponsored by DraftKings. And this week, as always... We always have a no-brainer from DraftKings. This week, if you bet just $1 on any team to score, you win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If you're like me, Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You can go on and still get in on all the NFL action, get huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. Each week, you get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with your first deposit. Here's what we need you to do. If you're in a betting state, Download that DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the promo code TPPN and bet just $1 on any team to score and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 years or older in a betting state only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and a $1 wager required, one per customer restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And as always, we are always supportive of responsible gambling. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. David. This yes, game Jared. Yes. Has zero implication, I feel like, at this point. We have three no. games going in. We have three games going in. We're 4% chance to make the playoffs. If we win all three, we have like a 90% chance to make the playoffs. What are the odds? I mean, we're sitting at 4%. I guess those are the odds. That we win all three of our games against divisional rivals. <laughs> specifically this game and, and David this is a cool one because I, I get to talk to you uh, about a game before we go to it and knowing we're going to it uh, in Vegas we'll be in Vegas next week this is a big one and, and I really really wish that we would have beat Cincinnati before we went into this but you know we, we can't choose our fate here and what's the be a lot bigger line one. here yeah be a lot bigger one if we had uh, if we had beaten Cincinnati as right. it is Denver Denver is in like a 32-way tie for the 10th seed in the AFC right now um, <laughs> it, with the Raiders because the Raiders are also 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, So right now, both of these teams, like you said, a 4% chance at the playoffs now. Both teams just struggling for a little breath of air uh, in, that, in that playoff race at the moment. Uh, and, you, you know, the, the line out of Denver is, oh, everybody's feeling good, everybody's feeling confident, everybody feels like they're playoff chances are still in their hands and i guess like you said that's true if they win out but i just can't see it right now i don't see this denver team winning out i see this denver team winning one more game uh but the good news is i think in that prognostication this is the game that 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 they win so yeah i'm really excited to go i'm really excited to see allegiant stadium um kind of see a game from that perspective and and see what this broncos team can do see what you know 
really hold themselves up against an opponent that they did not play well against defensively earlier this season and see see if they've you know we, we think of them as a team that's really changed on defense that's really tightened things up that's what I'm going to be most keeping my eye on the most that's the storyline I want to see is has the defense really improved can they play a lot better against a, a team that gave them problems earlier this season yeah, and I feel like let's go ahead and start about that on our defensive side, and I think that's mm-hmm. really what was frustrating most of Broncos country the first time we played them in Denver, and that was the fact that we, no matter how many people we sent, we could not get pressure on De- Derek Carr. Like, whatever it was, a four-man rush, we could just – I mean, he had days and days and days to sit back there and, and just pick us apart, and um, I think that's going to have to be the difference in this game. We're going to have to figure out a way to get that pressure. Now, with Kenneth Young still being out, we have Jonas Griffith, who played very well last week, and and I'll give him that. I think he played a very, very good game last week. Um, I think he could do it again against this uh, this Raiders this Raiders offense. And and the other storyline here, that I mean, as much as there is talk about, we have so much to talk about. And and one of those things is the first time we played them was the the week after the week of the firing of John Gruden. And we got their special teams coordinator jumping in as the head coach, the interim head coach. And um, with that, we, we kind of didn't know what to expect. And, and they kind of pulled out all the stops on us. Now now we have a little bit more film on what we're expecting with them. Uh, do we come out and out-coach uh, interim head coach this time? Yeah, Chris Passaccia, yeah. I, I, oof. It's, it's tough to answer that question, Jared. Because you're putting the onus on Vic Fangio to outcoach somebody, and that's tough. It's not so much a question, I think, of X's and O's, just the being the head coach part that he's not great at. You know, we, we can talk through, we can dedicate an entire podcast to Vic Fangio's <laughs> clock management issues, like on a weekly basis, it feels well, like. Well, he probably will do that in the offseason. Right, yeah, right, right, right. That's a good call. Um, but until then, yeah. I, I, I think so, because I think, you know, we were talking about it just a minute ago. I think the pass defense is better right now, especially than it was. I think they will get more pressure um, on Derek Carr than they did the first time around. Um, it looks like Darren Waller may not play. He hasn't practiced all week yet. He didn't play last week. Um, so that, you know, big time, big time weapon for them not available if he can't go. You know, it's just it's one of those things where it, it feels like you have almost no excuse to not win. And that's a tough position for the Broncos to be in. It's not a position they've responded well to this season. But, you know, if you've got this many factors against you, you know, these the the Raiders beat the COVID replacement Browns last hmm. week and barely. Right, barely. It, it's it, it I I it it's weird to say that a team, a seven on seven versus seven on seven game can feel like a trap game, but that's, you know, as we get in, dig into this, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that's what it's starting to feel like. And that's what really scares me because we've seen the defense let us down in those situations before Jared. And it's, I think because of Vic Fangio's lapses in coaching. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, what do you think is the best way to avoid that besides, as you said, get pressure? Um, you know, is it is it to get turnovers, do you think, or is it just to play, you know, that kind of same style of Broncos defense, bend but don't break? 
Yeah, from the defensive side, I think that's really I, – I, I, I do enjoy that bend don't break against the Raiders, and it's going to be interesting because as we move to the offensive side eventually and talking about all the things that are happening over there, um, I like the bend don't break mentality from our defense. And with all the injuries and all the – like, I mean, we're missing all of our starting linebackers except for Bradley Chubb finally coming back. Um, you know, Malik Reed's playing a decent year this year. Um, Baron Browning coming in as a rookie. And, and again, we can't talk enough about all the rookies that we have playing Pastor Tan and, and Baron Browning on the defense. And obviously, uh, Javante Williams on the offense and, um, oh, and minors on the offense. Obviously our rookie, our rookies, four of our rookies are starting right now and playing very, very well. But I think on the defensive side, what it's going to come down to is just keeping them out of the end zone. And I mm-hmm. think that's one thing that even in the Cincinnati game, if we, if we don't let up that one play, and again, I don't want to hate on the defense. The defense played very, very well, except for one play. And that's, it's hard. It's hard for a defense to ask them to be perfect. And the offense was anything but perfect. So you can't expect one from one and not the other, but the big play capability if one big play happens and our defense lets up one big play, that's kind of the end of our game. And that's the unfortunate part of the way our offense is working. So we have to be able to not give up a big play. That bend don't break mentality is going to have to stick for the rest of this the rest of this game and just do not let up the big play to get them into the end zone. Yeah, absolutely. And it's I think that X-factor matchup that you're really going to be looking at is Brad Renfro versus Bryce Callahan. Um, you know, Brad Callahan working his way back from injury. Um, and did I say Brad Renfro? You did. No, no, oh, that Brad. is that is not that is not his name at all. That is as a hunter. Uh, right, Hunter Renfro, Brad Renfro, uh, the '90s heartthrob actor. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so obviously, hold it's on, pretty hold on, hold on, hold pretty on. easy I'm, to see how I got. I'm confused. a little bit intrigued. Pretty Ooh, easy I'm, to see I'm how. About I got to Google confused. Brad Renfro. Who the fudge? Do it. Do Let's it. See. Look it up right now. Look it up. I feel like he was in, he was in like, you know, Nickelodeon, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, way back in the day, it's, it's not, it's not a great look anymore, but uh, first of all, first thing I see is a mugshot. So he definitely was a child actor. Yeah, for sure. Um, (laughs) like in the nineties, early nineties. Yeah. Early nineties. Oh, he died in 2008. Did you know that? (laughs) He was not that old. Not a great look. Goodness. Not a great look for David. Okay. Not um, a great look for David. Anyway, we're moving on. We're moving on to Hunter Renfro, the X Factor for the <laughs> the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, not dead actor. Uh, rest in peace, Brad Renfro. Um, anyway, that's going to be the X Factor for me. Bryce Callahan versus Hunter Renfro. Uh, a lot of big play potential with that guy because he just he does really interesting things out of the slot he kind of invented his own route that he really likes to run. Um, it's in the outside receiving talent with Brian Edwards and Zay Jones, you know, good receivers, but not really guys who you can beat you a lot of different ways. Hunter Renfro can beat you a lot of different ways. That's why I'm kind of concerned about him as the X factor matchup, especially with Waller, probably not going to play. Yeah, no, I, I I agree 100%. I think that slot receiver and something that I wish we were using Jerry Judy more in the mm. offensive game, the way that they're using him uh, in their game. And, you know, obviously being without um, – oh, man, it's been too long that we've been without our uh, slot receiver, second-year guy that we picked up with Judy. 
Uh, it's a uh, KJ Hamler, buddy. KJ Hamler. Wow, mm. man, that was rough. I cannot believe I forgot about KJ Hamler already. But it's it's rough being without KJ Hamler, a speedster. And the fact that we're not even using Jerry Judy makes me think that we would not use KJ Hamler uh, the way that we should, ultimately. And I think that there's a lot of a lot of unused talent on the outside, and it's kind of unfortunate. But let's go ahead and talk about that. Let's switch it over to the offensive side. As we as we do, and talk about the Drew Lock experience, which we saw last week, and the difference between the Drew Lock experience to what would have been a Teddy Bridgewater experience, or has been a Teddy Bridgewater experience. With, I mean, Cortland Sutton hasn't had a good game since the day after his return from injury, which is unfortunate, and I think that he should really be utilized more. Um, you know, Jerry Judy not getting the targets. Tim Patrick every once in a while getting targets, but. Our, our offense seems to really live and die on the run game. And by live and die, I mean, if our run game is working, then we, we're probably doing pretty well. If our run game is not working, there's absolutely nothing we can do to be able to put the ball in the end zone. And that's that's probably the most unfortunate part about this offense right now is, yeah, our run game is absolutely killing it. But we got to be able to get in the end zone other ways. And because once we get into the red zone, you know, if you think about it, you're, you're – your greenery, your back, your backdrop is is a lot less uh, open. It, it, I guess that's the best way that I could put it. it, it you, you you when you get into the twenty yard line, you don't have fifty yards back there, so you don't have you know the safeties don't have to cover fifty yards; they only have to cover ten now. So stopping the runs a lot easier when you get in the red zone. That's why we're not getting the into the end zone when we get down to the red zone because people just know how to stop the run, and we obviously can't throw for whatever reason. So. Does it change, David? Here's my big question. All that rambling for this. Does that change with a Drew Locke um, run backfield? I don't know. Can he um, read the defensive end correctly on uh, on on a uh, on an option play? And first of all, he did read that correctly. He did he read didn't it hold correctly? On to the ball because okay. the other guy came up. And, the, and and again, first of all, read option in the red zone. Fucking terrible call. Awful sure. play call. Fuck. Yeah. Wow. But secondly, he read it right. He did. He was supposed to take that because he crashed down. Now, that defensive end, surprise, surprise, is a lot more athletic than freaking Drew Locke. Mm. So the fact that Drew Locke read it right and the defensive end still made the play is absolutely unreal to me. And the fact that Drew Locke just decided to bread, bread carry that ball, it wasn't, it wasn't the read. I, I'll, I'll give you that. It wasn't okay. the read. Fair it was enough. his athletic ability. <laughs> yeah. It's lack thereof. Lack thereof. Um, combined with poor ball handling. Poor uh, so, ball handling. You know, those things have to improve. Um, I don't I don't know. Because, uh, you know, it's just I, I feel like we're going to get both. I feel like we're going to get a touchdown pass from Drew Locke in the red zone at some point And at least one turnover-worthy play if not a turnover in the red zone as well, like a ball that goes through a defender's hands or something like that. Um, it's, it, you know, it, it's just so hard to say. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right. And he throws for three touchdowns and mm-hmm. no interceptions. And, the you know, it's, it's just a great Drew Locke day. But... I mean, I just I haven't seen it at any point from him this season, and I haven't seen it at any point from him really during his entire career. Um, you know, maybe those last four games of the 2019 season, but other than that, like, you know, 
So I'll believe it when I see it out of Drew Locke. Until then, it'll be, for me, I can't count on him any more or less than Teddy, I would say, in the red zone right now. Orange and blue goggles, I say Drew Locke throws for 350 yards, no interceptions, and three touchdowns. Not orange and blue goggles. If that were to happen, I'm taking those off and I'm being realistic. If for whatever reason that that, that stat line does show up on ESPN.com the, the day after the game, it's because there was two dropped interceptions and a fumble recovered by the offense. Like I, I truly believe that there's no way that Drew Locke doesn't make a mistake that could be costly, but for some reason just didn't plan out the mm. way that the, the, the Raiders would think they would. Mm-hmm. And we saw it in the Raiders game. Or sorry, in the Chargers game, right? We saw it in the Chargers game where it was the fumble that was recovered by the offense. We saw it like it, he has had a ridiculous turnover, a ridiculous play in every game that he's been able to step up in. I just don't see him being mistake-free unless everything bounces the Broncos' way in that game. And then here's what happens, David, and and I feel like this is like a WWE storyline. We win this game big. He has that big stat line. We go in super confident saying, yeah, we could absolutely win the rest out and then just get one of the next two games just get destroyed. And I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but oh my gosh, David, are we tired of this storyline? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, it's just we're tired of it. But that doesn't mean it's going to change anytime real soon, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, let's let's talk a little bit more about the offense outside of the red zone. Who do you think is one Bronco that really benefits from having Drew Lock in there, as opposed to maybe Teddy Bridgewater? And I don't mean um, it's you know in the best interest of anybody for for Teddy Bridgewater to be injured, obviously, um, but. If there's one Bronco whose performance on the field you, you think might get an an increase this week, who do you think that might be? I think I think there's two, and I'm going to take two away from you, David, because I think you have one of them in mind. The two that I have in mind are Noah Fant mm-hmm. and Cortland Sutton. Ah, neither of those. Oh, good. Well, both those guys uh, absolutely excelled under Drew Locke. And played very well with Drew Locke under center. And I think Noah Fant specifically was kind of a, a go-to for for Drew Locke. And I think that's very, very, very important. Uh, like I said, Cortland Sutton hasn't had a big game in a while. And I think that he's a targetable receiver that can get open specifically off the break. And I think that's something that Teddy Bridgewater is not good at. He's not good at reading somebody off of a break. Where, as you saw with Drew Locke, he is. He's someone that can see a one-on-one matchup, and if if both guys are at the break at the same point, the guy's going to be open for the first three seconds after the break, and that's something that that you have to see as a quarterback um, or else you're going to be checking down all the time. I think both Noah Fant and Cortland Sutton are going to benefit the most out of Drew Locke starting and getting all the practice reps this week. Mm, What about you? Okay. Uh, I'm going to go – I was going to go with Tim Patrick, and I'm still going to go with Tim Patrick because I think Tim Patrick right now is a little bit more of a reliable dump ball target uh, than Cortland Sutton is right for for this team. Uh, Just the way they've been playing over the last few games, he's been making more of those type of catches, and I think that's what Drew Drew Locke's wheelhouse is. Uh, The contested catch balls, throw it up there and let your guy make a play. We saw him do it last week uh, for that touchdown catch. Uh, I think that's who you, who's really going to benefit again this week. I think it's it's Timmy P uh, all the way. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I can see it. I, I think just in general, the wide receiving core might actually benefit 
specifically the wide receiving court might benefit. Now, I don't think I don't know if Drew Locke's going to have more yardage than Teddy Bridgewater in mm. one of his best games, but I do think the wide receiving court is going to get more opportunities to make plays than they would against uh, with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Now, well, I'll tell you. That, oh, good. Just you know, a little nugget here: the Raiders play on defense more straight up cover three than anybody in the league. It's you know one of those things where if you're going in as an offensive coordinator, you've got to be able to say, "This is what they run," you know, sixty or seventy percent of the time. We have got to have our cover three beaters down to a T. This is the you know the game plan is straight up. They blitz less than almost anybody else in the league. You know what they're going to be doing on a snap to snap basis pretty consistently. You've got to be able to go out and just execute your cover three beaters. You know what those are. You know what your checks are going to be. Go execute your game plan. That's it. That's all. You know, it's got to be that simple for Drew Locke this week. If the coaching staff is doing their research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, big, and if. Part of that. Well, and the other if is if, you know, Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe don't just blow it up, especially Max Crosby. You've got Bobby Massey, thankfully, coming back to practice. Um, you've got Garrett Bowles back from, from the COVID list played last week. So, yeah, you've got to have both both of those guys as close to 100% as possible. Otherwise, Max Crosby's just going to be eating your lunch all week. Yep, absolutely. And then here's a couple other things, too, is um, that, that corner situation – um, they're, they're kind of hurting. Uh, however, you know, you obviously have Casey Hayward who's playing decent cornerback position, uh, and always has been for a while. And Desmond Trufant, two names, two big names, um, that, that at one point in their younger years were, were really good corners, but I think that's something that we could take advantage of on the outside. Now at the safety position, uh, they have Trayvon Mooring, so he's playing very, very well uh, at the at the free safety, and then their uh, their strong safety playing most of their uh, snaps at the free safety position. That too high safety look is something like you said that three that cover three um, slash too high safety look where the cover four more likely uh, is what they're going to run. Now Desmond Trufant has only played a couple hundred uh, snaps for them and most of them out at the wide cornerback position in, in the last couple of weeks. So that's going to be interesting to watch, and I think that's super important. But I like I like what you said, Max Crosby, pro bowler, playing very well on the outside, so it's whether or not he can stop by Bobby Massey. Let's move on the inside of the offensive line and the fact that we are missing uh, due to COVID, COVID restrictions or whatever the case is. You know, they're not allowed to tell us why. Austin Slotman probably starting at that center position – um, let's talk about this. Are, are we going to expect uh, Quinn Miners to be playing that center position where he has and Schlotman being guard, or are we expecting the switch, do you think? That's a really good question. I, you know, Schlotman, I think, probably comes in at the center position. Um, it, it feels to me like if you switch up Miners into the center position, you're really switching two positions. Um, you know, Schlotman, I know, has played center here for us before, uh, whereas. I don't know if Miners has ever played center anywhere in his career. Um, Not in the I know NFL, he, but he played in college. Right. He played center okay. in college. All right. Well, I, you know, it's just it's tough for me um, to to slide him into a position where he hasn't played in the NFL before. Um, he's already a rookie. I say you put the guy who already has NFL snaps at the position at that position, and you leave Miners where he's playing well right now. 
Yep, I agree. I, I kind of like that idea. I just know that Miners was brought in. And again, injuries all over it. You, you can't go an NFL season without injuries. And, and the yeah. fact that Miners is, is starting as a guard to begin with. Uh, and and Muti is another option too, right? There's an option that we put Miners at center and Muti out at guard, which I think would, would not be surprising for me. So I'm interested to see what our front four is going to look like. I, I preferably would like to see Miners uh, at center and Muti at right guard, but I'm also not at practice. I don't know what they're seeing. Schlotman's not a bad offensive lineman. Let's go ahead yeah, and say that right. like he he's come in for at guard position at center position before and played decently well in the past. So I'm I would not be surprised if we saw him. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him playing very well. Now outside of Max Crosby, their front seven are not very good against the run. Mm-hmm. So this this game is literally, and I guess we said it last time too, but it it's literally. The, the the epitome of what we want in a defense for what our offense's strengths are. Like their defensive like lows are our offensive strengths and we need to take advantage of it. Our run game should be going hard and our you know with most of our starting offensive line other than um Cushionberry in the center. I, I think we could really take advantage of the run game here and controlling the clock, keep the ball out of their hands, but we have to put it in the end zone. I think this is the game that we can kind of just drive that home, and and we and and honestly, we did it against Cincinnati. It was just that the big plays and just the fact that we just could not put anything in the end zone that was really the killer and clock management. But that's right. That's right. what the pre, the post game podcast is talk all about. That we have the tougher job of trying to predict the next game. That's it. Um, and we, I think the if you asked what an ideal blueprint for this game would be offensively, I think you would see something an awful lot like the Detroit game where both running backs hit a, go over a hundred yards. Um, you have, you know, they account for four total touchdowns between the two of them. Um, and the Broncos throw the ball less than 25 times. Um, we have talked a little bit about how this coaching staff feels about Drew Locke this season. And, you know, it's been mostly speculation, but, I, you know, you can see when he goes in, they just they aren't very comfortable throwing the ball sixty percent of the time with him in there, and quite understandably so. So, you know, I think they're going to get a heavy dose of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon, um, maybe more even than Broncos country is comfortable with, but that's how I think they want to win this game this week. Just grind, grind out yards, pick up run rushing yards in chunks um, and and go from there. Uh, it's if you have to, you know, if, if the Raiders get up 14 points, 17 points early and you have to pass your way out of it, that's, I think, the nightmare scenario for these coaches. Absolutely. Yeah, we get, we get down. I mean, and I said the same thing against like, last week against Cincinnati. Like, if we get down quick and we end up having to rely on our, our throws, it's not going to happen. And the other thing I want to mention real quick, uh, pat myself on the back. Obviously, I, I chose the Broncos to win, but I did say that if for whatever reason it came down to a final drive, that the Broncos had one drive to win the game, we're not winning the game. Because, first of all, we've only been in that situation once, and we didn't win the game. And second of all, I just don't expect us to be that good uh, offensively to be able to drive down. I just don't have the expectation. that, And we saw it. I mean, four four plays in a row where Drew Locke just – 
just looked awful. Like I, I don't know yep. what to expect. Taking yep. sacks, taking whatever it is, like throwing the ball out of bounds on a fourth down. Like there was just so much wrong with that whole situation that I, I can't even begin to explain. I have zero faith that we're ever going to be able to win a game in a close game. We either have to be up by two scores or we're losing the game. Those that's those are the two options, and that's unfortunate. Um, real quick, David, if the mm-hmm. Broncos win this game. Who was the key and why? Ooh, good question. Um, Not Drew Locke. Let's we we've we've covered Drew Locke enough that we don't need to go over that. Let's, sure. Not Drew Locke. Who was the key to winning this game? I'll go Draymond Jones because um, okay. he it, he came back to practice today uh, in a limited fashion, um, but that to me that to me is who has to make a big impact on this game has to get, you know, that the pressure has to be coming from all sides against Derek Carr. Malik Reed also coming off the COVID list is going to help with that pass rush. Uh, But, you know, Draymond Jones to me is the guy who has to have a big time impact on this game. A couple of sacks, maybe a forced fumble, uh, really shut things down on that defensive side of the ball and, and keep things in, you know, plus territory and plus situations for the offense. Okay. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to cop out here, uh, and say, I, I say two people and I and basically position group. I say the tight ends, the tight ends, Noah Fant and Albert O are going to be our key to this win. And they need to have a big game because I feel like there's going to be some coverage on the outside. They know that Drew Locke wants to throw deep. And I think those slot receivers against those linebackers are where we're going to make our money. And Alberto had a big catch when Drew Locke came in, and I think Noah Fant can have a big catch when Drew Locke comes in. Um, I think their separation from the linebackers is going to be the key to this game, and I think one of those two scores, if not both, in this game for us to win. I love it. I love it. Makes sense to me. Realism. Let's come down, down down to realistic. We're both going to this game, so we want the Broncos to win. Who are you picking to win and what is your score prediction? Mm. If, I, I've been agonizing over this for the last five minutes or so. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to pick the Raiders. Uh, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 17 is, is what I think it's going to end up being. I think the Broncos defense play, ends up playing well. It would not shock me at all if they end up holding the, the Raiders to less than 20 points here. But... I, you know, I just, it feels like one of those games where the offense is going to just sputter and struggle along all day and have all these opportunities and then score, you know, twice. I, this is a lose-lose situation for Broncos country. Not, not, not Mm. Broncos country, but just in Mm. general. Mm. We, we win this game. Drew Locke goes out there and throws for 350 yards and no interceptions, no fumbles. And now all of a sudden we have a quarterback controversy on our hands again for like the fifth time in five years, four years maybe. Um, And we have a situation where next week we're talking about, well, who's going to be the starter? Did Drew Locke play well enough and blah, 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 blah. And and honestly, we're probably not going to win out, make the playoffs anyway, and it just becomes a, a bigger thing. But we lose this game. We lost to the Raiders twice in the season. And I just can't, I can't root for that. I'd rather root for the quarterback controversy, David. So here I am. Broncos are winning this game. Drew Locke goes out there, throws 350 yards, no interceptions. No. Okay. I'm not going to say 350 yards. Let's say Drew Locke goes out there and has a perfect game, 
as far as no turnovers for the first time in however long. Um, we we control the clock. We our run game is absolutely unstoppable, and we go out here and win this game. I say twenty-seven to thirteen. I think it's a complete a complete game by the Broncos, both offensive and defensively, because I honestly believe that our defense can hold any team to thirteen points as long as there's no turnovers. I I have full faith in that, and if we have no turnovers, no pick sixes, nothing that puts them into scoring range, as soon as they get the ball, then we hold them to thirteen points and we score twenty-seven. That's it. Broncos twenty-seven, Raiders thirteen. Also, I kind of just want to be at a Raiders game in Raiders country. Is that what they call it? Raiders Nation, right? Raiders Raiders areas. Um, <laughs> in the Raiders areas. We're going to be Raiders, all up in the Raiders areas. We're going to be all up in the Raiders areas. Um, and it'd be nice to be wearing that Broncos orange and blue in, in, their, uh, in their hometown and just come away with the win. Fair enough. <clears throat> As always, I love the optimism, Jared. Beautiful stuff. I, you keep saying that, but mm. you also uh, hate on me a lot for it. Well, it's it's just so much fun to 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 play both sides of that rail. Like I, I can appreciate your optimism while also thinking it misguided. Let's, let's <laughs> I think that's totally fair. No, nope, I agree, hundred percent. I I feel like you get more joy out of me being super disappointed after games than most people. It, well, I mean, yeah, because I tried to warn you, so, and then <laughs> and then and every game, it's like, oh man, oh this time, this time, I'm ready to get hurt again, and then you get hurt again, and it's like, I, I did you have to? No, but you decided to, and it's happening. Throws again. for three fifty, and I'm on the podcast next week. We'll just exactly, just wait. yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh man, you're going to be insufferable. <laughs> All right, David, final thoughts here. Final thoughts. Um, glad to see the Broncos getting healthy again. Um, you know, Kareem Jackson, Melvin Gordon, uh, Draymond Jones, like we said, Bobby Massey, um, all upgrading their practice status from yesterday to today. Um, so, yeah, good, good to see the Broncos getting relatively healthy again to close out the season. That's an area where they, they may have an advantage is, is just how many healthy players that they can uh, field. Um, you know, we'll keep an eye on the, on the, on the COVID update list. Uh, if you've got one one player on the list, you just you kind of hold your breath that you, you don't have more players joining them. We'll just have to see. Uh, totally agree with you, David. Uh, that injury front is very difficult to finish off with. Um, however, I think my final thoughts here are this quarterback situation for the Denver Broncos I think is not going to get better anytime soon. And I really hate to see what we're dealing with in the quarterback situation overall and obviously that's going to be the big head headline news for this week and it shouldn't be uh if it wasn't for the loss last week then that absolutely would not be the headline news for this game but that's going to be what it is and we have to kind of ignore it for the most part and i hate to say that but we have to ignore the quarterback controversy and if i see the quarterback carousel one more fucking time i'm gonna puke um well that's what I mean, yeah. w- let's see how serious you are about that because I feel like you're definitely going to see it one more time. I, I'm and I'm going to puke. I will. I you're st- you're going to be standing next to me at the game, so you'll see it. Gross. Yeah, yeah. I'll yeah. puke all over you. Um, no, it, I I do. I am so sick and tired of the quarterback controversy, and I think that no matter what happens for the rest of this year, 
There's a lot of speculation. There's a lot of what ifs. The what ifs really come down to what is our best chance to win next season? And I think with a 4% chance of making the playoffs this year, that's kind of what we have to be looking forward to. Everybody on the Broncos, I love it. I do. I love the fact that all of the the media availabilities and everything else is about, okay, we're, we're focused on winning every game because we want to make the playoffs. It should have been that before last week. Last week was your, kind of your final straw, and, and that's where I'm sitting. There's no way that we finish off three in a row. I shouldn't say no way. There's very slim chance we finish off three in a row with the, with the schedule that we have, the rivalry that we have. There's no one that's going to let it off easy. We're we're gonna have to come out with something, some sort of more fire than we've seen in five years, in order to finish off that way. And I just I don't have that faith. I'm sorry. Yep. Same. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, any 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 other final thoughts, or is is I think we've I think we've basically covered it all, don't you? Yeah, we've covered it all. There's a lot going on in this game. There's a lot of uh, implications, and I hate losing to the Raiders twice. It's Raiders week. Fuck the Raiders. <laughs> and we're going to end off, as always, on a Go, Go Broncos. Orange Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.